Chapter One At Homes of Etiquette Made Easy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yvonne Theodore. Etiquette Made Easy by Edward Squire at Homes. The afternoon tea is perhaps the most popular of social functions, and deservedly so, since it is essentially of the utmost simplicity yet may be expanded into a most elaborate social affair in the original simple form the hostess merely welcomes her guests as they come to her on her regular day at home in the drawing-room and there offers them a cup of tea served by herself and light refreshments a sandwiches and cakes and the like the next development in the tea is in the nature of a small afternoon reception or at home for this occasion the hostess issues invitations a week in advance a visiting card serves the purpose with a line written below the name wednesday june fourth from four until seven o'clock if there is to be a guest of honor an additional line may indicate the fact to meet the procedure for the hostess at a function of this sort is more formal it is usual to have the refreshments in the dining-room though they should not be of an elaborate character the teapot is placed at one end of the table and presided over by some friend since the obligations of the hostess prevent her rendering this hospital service in person the third stage of the afternoon tea has come to take the place of the old-time reception though it bears merely the designation at home the requisite invitations must be sent out any time from a week to a fortnight before the date set for these an engraved form is essential they are printed on heavy white bristol board of the quality described for dinner invitations and enclosed in a single envelope they may be issued in the name of the hostess alone or in the names of a hostess and her daughter or daughters or in the names of husband and wife though this last is a very modern innovation the following will serve as a model mrs james french putnam at home april the seventh from four until seven o'clock two zero eight flag avenue if the husband joins with the wife in issuing the invitations the only change is in the first line mr and mrs james french putnam where a daughter is to receive with her mother the girl's name appears just below that of the matron mrs james french putnam miss putnam where there are two or more daughters thus associated with the mother they are included under one title thus mrs james french putnam the mrs putnam when a younger sister is to appear at her debut her name in full is given a line after those of her mother and elder sister mrs james french putnam miss putnam miss helen louise putnam in the event of a guest of honor the invitation may emphasize the presence of this personage by a special engraved announcement at the head of the invitation to meet the remainder of the invitation will follow any of the forms indicated above or the announcement may appear in one engraved line at the foot of the invitation to meet at a reception of this character the hostess is obliged to remain on duty near the door of the drawing-room throughout the hour set but a husband and daughter receiving with her though expected to join her in receiving the guests at the outset and for a considerable time afterward is not so rigidly held to the one place but after a time may properly move about among the guests with hospitable intent but a debutante must remain at the post of duty with her mother throughout the whole time in the recent years there has developed a pleasant custom by which the debutante invites a number of her young friends to join her in receiving the other guests it is usual to entertain these at dinner after the reception 
the refreshments for an occasion of this sort are served in the dining-room with servants in attendance tea is poured at one end of the table and perhaps chocolate at the other while a bowl of punch is commonly at hand the refreshments are of the buffet variety but they may be as rich and varied as the hostess chooses at such functions in the city it is usual to lay a strip of carpet from the house door to the curb and an awning raised over this offers protection to the guests in inclement weather where the list of guests is long a liveried servant at the curb not only opens the doors of the motors but also issues checks by which the cars may be summoned for the departure of the guests a butler opens the house door as the guest approaches and gives directions as to the dressing-rooms another liveried servant at the door of the drawing-room announces each guest by name to the hostess at such affairs both hostess and women guests wear what is properly termed a reception gown that is to say one of elegance and richness with a train if the prevailing mode permits but not decollete or sleeveless hats of a character harmonious with the gown are worn throughout the function as are gloves the men wear black frock coats and gray striped trousers with either a black waistcoat or a fancy one according to choice while he leaves his coat and hat in the dressing-room at such formal affairs a man retains his gloves either keeping the left glove on the hand and carrying the other or carrying both the right hand must be bare each woman guest leaves on a tray provided for that purpose in the hall a card for her hostess and one for each of any other woman receiving she may also leave similarly cards of any other woman member of her family who has been invited but does not attend the man leaves a card for his hostess if there is one in addition to those for the ladies no reply is necessary from one invited to such a reception either of acceptance or of refusal the presence of the guest is deemed a sufficient answer in the event of non-attendance the guest must be at pains to send cards and these should be so timed in the sending that they will reach their address on the day of the at home preferably in the afternoon at crowded affairs the guest displays good manners as well as good sense by making the stay short twenty minutes is a sufficient time and departure should not be delayed much beyond a half hour it is better not to say farewell to the hostess unless the going should be at a time when few guests remain and she is obviously at leisure the punctilious guest will make a point of arriving neither too early nor too late between half-past four and six is recommended the formal evening reception is less popular than in former days but it still prevails to a limited extent the procedure throughout is substantially the same as for that of the afternoon reception the wording of the invitation is identical with the single exception the time specified the line that indicated the hours from four until seven o'clock must be changed to read from nine until eleven o'clock or it may be properly stated if one's taste so indicates after nine o'clock while for the evening reception all other formal details are the same as for an afternoon affair the costumes of the guests both men and women are changed as befits the change in hours the men are scrupulous in the exactitude of their evening garb swallow-tail white linen and white cravat and white waistcoat and patent leather shoes while the women array themselves in their handsomest evening gowns decollete and sleeveless and display the richest of their jewels End of chapter one